Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Molly. Molly, I have twin nephews. Oh, that's so cute. They're adorable. They twice are twice the fun. Twice the fun and they are not only twins but they are also twin redheads. Oh. And they're just they're just delightful. And the older they get, it's interesting to see how their their personalities are developing and mm-hmm. their identities are really coming out. But it reminds me when I when I hang out with them how much I wanted a twin. Did you? When I was a kid. I mean cuz you know, who wouldn't want another Kristen around? <laughs> Um, I was a very egotistical child. <laughs> but then as I got older into mm-hmm. adolescence and teen years, that feeling did diminish a lot because I realized that if I had a twin sister, I'd probably hate her, mm. at least for a while. You know, I never had the desire for a twin, but I did have a friend um, and we were convinced we looked exactly alike, despite the fact that when you look at pictures now, we look nothing alike. Mm-hmm. And I do remember one time we uh, dressed up, we switched clothes and tried to pull like a parent trap. Whoa. <laughs> like, uh, I tried to go home with her parents and she tried to have dinner with mine and like, they humored us. Oh. But, um, yeah, that was, kids are so crazy. Why That's do they so think cute. things like that'll work? They don't. The old switcheroo. Uh, yeah, when my best friend actually has a twin brother. Now that I could handle. You think a twin so? brother? Totally. Little twin brother sidekick? Yeah. You could fight crime. We could fight crime. There needed more twin crime fighters. Good idea. Because you could pull all these, you know, gags where you bad cop is all of a sudden good cop because mm-hmm. they look exactly the same. But Molly, when I mentioned to you earlier that I really wanted a twin mm-hmm. when I was a kid, you told me that it's probably because there was one growing inside of me at some point and it vanished and I am subconsciously feeling the loss of that twin and I mean, I know you're not off your rocker, so maybe you should maybe you should pick it up and let folks know what on earth you're talking about. That's true. Our topic today is, am I carrying my own twin? And um, the fact of the matter is, is that researchers believe that one in eight pregnancies involves twin fetuses. However, the birth rate is nowhere near one in eight pregnancies for twins. It's more like one in 80 pregnancies results in the birth of twins. So some t- somehow between that one in eight twin conception rate and the one in 80 birth rate of twins, these twins go somewhere. Sometimes they just die very early in the pregnancy and they become reabsorbed by the mother's body. But there's this very rare phenomenon that we want to talk about just because it's so bizarre in which uh, a fetus envelops its twin in the womb and comes to life carrying its own brother or sister. Yes, this is called fetus in fetu, and it happens very early within a pregnancy. And what happens is instead of separating, one fetus becomes trapped inside the other. And then the trapped fetus begins acting like a parasite on its host, tapping into the twin's blood supply to stay alive. And if the fetus grows, which, yes, the fetus can grow, It will cause great pain for its carrier. And no surprise, because you are carrying your own twin. (laughs) And usually uh, you'll carry it in your abdomen, much like a a regular pregnancy. So sometimes these babies that are born with a fetus inside have extended um, 
swollen abdomens. Sometimes it can, it can manifest itself other places, but that seems to be the most common thing. And they usually find it when, uh, the, the infant host is an infant mm-hmm. before 18 months. Um, though some of the freakiest cases, the ones that make the news, uh, they're, you know, they might be in their thirties or forties and they've had this mass all their life. And, uh, finally they have the surgery and, you know, they find the remains. I mean, it's not a four leaf. It's not a fully formed fetus, even though it does continue to grow. It doesn't grow into its own little person. It might just have, um, malformed limbs or hair, maybe teeth, um, maybe a, a vertebral column, but you know, it's, it's not a little person. It's just cells. Now I'm going to get a little graphic here and share the story of a 36 year old man who had a case of fetus in fetu, and he had, yes, a huge distended belly. And they thought that it was a tumor or something. And, and one day, this guy was in India, and one day uh, the pain began, became so great in his stomach, he went to the emergency room. Doctors operate on him, thinking they are going to uncover a tumor. No, they find a malformed fetus with limbs, genitalia, and hair. And one of the doctors who was in the operating room when this was happening told ABC News that, quote, he just put his hand inside and he said there are a lot of bones inside. First one limb came out, then another limb came out, then some part of genitalia, then some part of hair, some limbs, jaw, and more hair. And get this, this was the part that kind of creep me out the most <laughs> as if that other part hadn't I know get ready for those people it's fingernails were quite long I think the doctor said something like I could have I could have shook that fetus's hand or something like that yeah so we really should have done this, this as a is, Halloween episode say, this is the spookiest stuff we've ever Ooh. talked about it's, it can be kind of kind of gross and if you're if you're pregnant I apologize because this would give me nightmares I know um, but bear in mind it is very very rare uh, there are fewer than 100 examples documented in medical literature, and doctors estimate this happens one in every 500,000 births. So you're probably safe, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's that's really good odds. Interestingly, this does happen in equal rates to males and females. You know, that person in India that, that Kristen was talking about was male, and he had absorbed a fetus. Um, let's see what else can we tell you. When When the fetus is removed, they might be between 1.5 to 9.5 inches. In length, they might weigh just like 1.2 grams or four pounds. They're very small. And you know, it's, it's not a fully formed person by any stretch of the imagination. They're usually missing major parts of the brain and the skull. And once you remove the mass, the, the host twin is usually fine. Yes. Uh, but what is more common than fetus in fetu? is something called a teratoma, which is a type of tumor that can also look like a malformed fetus, but it's just a group of cells that can, get this, develop skin and teeth. Creepy. Yes. So fetus and fetus, teratomas. And vanishing twins. And vanishing twins. Yes, Molly, we have one fantastic vanishing twin anecdote to share before we wrap up this podcast, right, about... um certain cyclists that use the vanishing twin defense. Right. In 2005, uh, this American cyclist named Tyler Hamilton was accused of blood doping, which is this process by which you can um, boost performance by inserting another person's blood. And they caught him. And as a defense, he said, oh, you know, I think that there was another twin in the womb with me and I absorbed his blood. And uh, that's that's that. And uh, they didn't buy that defense. But if you do, and, you know, they've done research on the fact that, you know, one in eight pregnancies starts as twins, mm-hmm. you know, is the fetus that 
uh, remains after the twin becomes reabsorbed or dies. Is that twin affected? The result, I mean, there's very little research on it, but so far it seems like no. But mm-hmm. you can find a lot of support groups. In fact, the whole reason when Kristen said that she wanted a twin so badly, according to one support group, that is a sign that you might have had a twin at one point and you have suppressed the memory and you're trying to find this person that you began life with. Um, so if you have a really strong desire for a twin or some other symptoms of this, according to the website, about being a womb twin survivor are if you're really sensitive, if you're very affected by death, if you think about pregnancy a lot, if you express emotions very strongly, if you always are living life to the fullest to compensate for a loss, or if you feel very tired, then it's possible you had a vanishing twin. And I don't it know about like you. Anybody could that. Have describes that. a lot of people. But of course, you know. But that's a lot of people who, you know, according to statistics, who might have the vanishing twin. So the next time you're feeling down... Just blame it on your vanishing twin. Yeah. Next time, you know, like show up late to work and you can be like, boss, I'm sorry. My vanishing twin went out last night and got super wasted. So he slept in. And of course, apologies if you do feel very sensitive about a vanishing twin situation. There are support groups out there that are very easy to find on the Internet. But I, I just feel like the description of the people who might be womb twin survivors does encompass an awful lot of pretty regular emotions. Now, I really hope this podcast episode will provide all of our listeners with some great cocktail party talk. That's yeah. true, especially when your friend tells you they're pregnant. Break out some uh, fetus and fetu facts. <laughs> like, there's a good chance that one of your, you know, you had two fetuses and one's eaten the other one. <laughs> so, do you want another drink? Oh, no, wait, you can't, because you're pregnant. That's like double the burn. Yeah, actually, that's the worst cocktail cocktail party <laughs> conversation I can think of. Uh, but if you have some cocktail talk to send our way, our email is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And right now I have an email from that very same email address. It's from Donna, and it's about our podcast about women running colder than men. And she writes, a friend of mine has Raynaud's syndrome in conjunction with lupus, and her fingers and toes are regularly a deathly purplish black color due to poor blood circulation. When she talked to her doctor about it, she was prescribed Viagra. Originally, Viagra was developed in research for its vasodilating properties to treat health conditions like Raynaud's hypertension and heart failure. In the midst of the studies, it was reported by patients that it improved erectile dysfunction. The pharmacy companies can make more money on a drug for erectile dysfunction than one for the other medical conditions, despite the fact that the others are actually more dangerous and thus marketed it as an ED drug. Anyway, my friend told me that the first time she went to get her prescription filled, she got all sorts of strange looks from the pharmacy. Several people asked to clarify the prescription, questioning a woman's name on the Viagra prescription. She said it was really embarrassing, but it turned out it was worth the embarrassment because once she started taking it, her fingers and toes went from nearly dead purple to a nice light blue and on good days even pink. Uh, so, you know, just a suggestion out there if you want to ask your doctor about a Viagra prescription that has nothing to do with erectile dysfunction. <laughs> well, I've got an email here from the United Arab Emirates, but I don't have a name to go with it. Uh, but this is in response to our podcast on eyebrows. And this unnamed person writes, I'm writing you from the UAE in the Arabian Gulf, and I've just listened to your podcast on eyebrows. I thought you would be interested to know that here in Arab Gulf countries, it's a definite style to have a unibrow. Girls with unibrows are viewed as very attractive to Arab guys in Gulf countries. The brows are still kept very neat and trimmed and threaded, but the hair in the middle is left. 
I've even seen girls using makeup to make a unibrow because they can't grow them. And when women see other women with a unibrow, they may even be jealous of it. Just thought you'd be interested. And I'm very interested. So thanks for that little tidbit from the Middle East. And if you have any tidbits to share, again, our email is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can also find us over on Facebook. Join the conversation there and tweet us at momstuffpodcast. And finally, you can read our blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?